uh, David was playing the bass. Well, now, that's pretty cool, isn't it? Three families. Thank you, Lord, for that. That's a heritage, you know, really is from the Lord to, the Lord to do that. And just really want to encourage uh, Lisa and Dave that their ministry, uh, they do a lot of ministry. They do some worship in churches, but they're, they're really, what they're really doing is they're going to bars and singing in bars. And uh, they go to a town and, and connect with local churches there and go out into these bars and do concerts in bars, a bunch of old drunk guys. And, and the Lord's using them. You know, sometimes you feel like people are going in the bar, you think, man, they shouldn't be doing that. That's the last thing they need to be doing is because they're messed up. But I really felt like, you know, their testimony was really good. And uh, so that's what their, their primary focus is right now is evangelism through music in bars. And they're, they're really having an impact. Uh, and they're looking for uh, help, by the way. If you would like to support them on a personal level, our church supports them. Uh, you can uh, let us know at the church, and we can give you the information if you'd like to go ahead and start. You know, one-time gift of twenty or thirty thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they can get a nice sound system with that, or just a monthly gift. They'll take anything. You know, they'll take five dollars, a dollar, whatever, whatever God puts in your heart. Uh, they're really doing a. I, I really feel good about them. You know, of course, we've known Lisa forever. Uh, and we've known Dave for a couple of years. And this is the first time he's come here where he's really felt at home here. He said, you can tell the Lord, this is your home now also, Dave. So welcome back home. And they'll be leaving tomorrow to head up to uh, Cedar Rapids to be with his family for Christmas. So we want to pray for them at the end of the service. You know, just bless them as they go and, you know, come back soon. You know, and thank you for, for leading worship this morning. Amen? That was really good. I'm going to have a short message, and then I think we're going to do something special at the end. Um, but first, I wanted to give you a greeting. I got a phone call from Poland, Europe. Poland, Europe, not Poland, North Dakota, or wherever that place is. <laughs> Arthur and Joanna, many of y'all know Arthur and Joanna, who were here, and they got thrown out of the country because of their, because of their visa, uh, and they're hoping to come back. Uh, Allison Crowley is over there with them, and first, they wanted to thank the church for... Because they couldn't be here, we let a part of the church go over there. So they want to thank you guys for, for, for being a part of that. And they wanted to tell everybody they love, love you guys. And they really are believing that God's going to bring them back here uh, uh, in the coming year. So, so uh, we really need to really pray about it. I think they're supposed to come back. It's just the Lord's timing. But they're a great couple and uh, just seem like they're doing real well right now. Uh, so they're saying this is their last Christmas in Poland for a while. And it's cold over there. <laughs> so I want to share. Another thing I feel like the Lord showed me this morning during worship, which is interesting, is uh, you know how some, I don't know if you, I saw the Lord uh, in a, walk into a church building and grab the carpet and go like that to it. And you know how a carpet will waves in. Now, in the church world, carpet has been famous, right or wrong, for divisions. You know what I'm saying? People fight over the color of carpets in churches. And I don't know if that's absolutely the truth. I'm sure it has happened because everything else in crazy has happened in the church. Uh, why not carpet fights about carpet? But I mean, that's the first thing I thought of. And I, but I feel like the Lord is getting rid of that stuff in the church. You know, because when you do that to a, something like that, all the stuff on it flies off. And I think the Lord wants to get rid of division and wants to, you know, straighten out wrinkles. And I really saw Him doing that this morning. And... You know, 
wrinkles or signs of old age. And <laughs> in the spirit realm, we're supposed to be young, right? Come on, y'all. We're supposed to be. Don't be getting. I just want to share just a little bit with you, okay? Just a short thing. This is no Christmas message. I'm not good at that. But this is something, okay? This is something. Ephesians chapter 3. Put me up there, Brian. Or, or Crowley. True Crowley. If you remember last week, I uh, shared a message about this prayer. About these, There's two prayers in Ephesians in chapter 1 and in chapter 3, which are really, I feel like the Lord has shown me uh, and confirmed it to me through other people that these two prayers are very important prayers right now, that we need to be praying these prayers. And I shared a few weeks ago on the, the first one, and I shared a little bit last week on the second one. And I want to just talk to you a little bit more. Let me just read this in Ephesians 3. Uh, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his Spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, be, being rooted granted in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. So we know the goal of the prayer is this. The goal of the prayer is, just, is what I just said, the fullness of God. That's Paul's goal for us in this prayer. That's the end, end result of the prayer. So as these things that Paul prayed in this prayer become a reality in our lives, then there is going to be more of a fullness of God in our lives, right? As they become reality, they become real. It's not become words here that you read or this message that you hear about it from time to time, but they become a reality in your life. The fullness of God will become a reality in your life. Whatever the fullness of God is, it is not definable in some ways. I wouldn't be so foolish I'll tell you, the fullness of God, God is, is Christ Himself. That's really the ultimate fullness of God uh, and you know, how that practically works out. And I believe each of the things that Paul prayed in this prayer build upon each other. You know, they, he starts out and, and there's a, there's, it's almost like he's building something. One thing upon another thing upon another thing upon another thing. And it's just, just really, you know, really cool, I think. And the beginning point is what I shared last week. Uh, where he said that we would be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. And I shared how what that means, gave you a few uh, knowledgeable Greek words <laughs> that I didn't come up with. But really the prayer is that we would be governed by the power of God in our soul realm. That's what, what he said, that, when, that we would be strengthened with might. That's what that literally means, is that we would be governed. There would be a governor in our soul that this, this governor would have control of us in our soul. Okay? Y'all with me? So this is a cool thing. Self-rule was our greatest enemy. Did you know that? It's bigger than the devil. Self-rule. Because that's what opens the door for the devil to come into your life. And if you're being ruled by self this morning, you are being ruled by a terrible enemy. This is something Becky said to me, which I thought was really cool. Man with God in control of his life is truly a glorious man. Man with God in control of his life is truly a glorious man. Man without God in control is at best wretched. At best, and we're at best wretched people without the Lord Jesus being controlling us in our, within ourselves. Amen? 
And that was the first thing Paul prayed. And everything else he prayed builds upon that fact of Christ being in control of your life. Total control. All right, he goes on in, in verse 17, the beginning part. And he prays uh, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And he's talking about dwelling. He's talking about Christ being at home in your heart. And I explain how the heart's a dimension of the soul realm versus your mind being a dimension. It's the reasoning dimension. But the heart being the seat of your truest self, the heart being the seat of who you really are, of all your passions, all your affections, all your desires, all the creative energy like, you know, Kim, that was created. She created that play we saw this morning. That She saw that. It wasn't something she copied. She saw that and that, that, that Christ would be at home and that element of our soul, that He would be living there. He wouldn't just be somebody in control, you know, like a, like a governor, but He would be somebody who's, this is my house, this is where I live. It's our heart, our passions, our, our truest self, our intentions, etc. I, I shared that. And I shared also that even though Christ is in the heart of every Christian, supposedly, He's not. There, he's only there as a guest. He's not there in control. He's not. It's not his home. Our life's not his home. He's an invited guest, and we had to ask ourselves this morning: Is he a guest in me, or is he at home in me? And that there's a big difference between him being a guest in me and him being at home in me. Just like as a big guest, if I go to your house, I'm a guest there. Okay, but if you come to my house, I'm at home there. There's a big difference. You got that? And that's really what the Lord wants. And so Paul prayed that he would not be just simply the invited guest. Come into my heart, Jesus. Be a guest. Here's your room you can live in. No, I'm praying that he would come in here and be at home. He would come in here and take over, sign the lease or sign the, uh, the mortgage over to Jesus. And he'd pay it off for you. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> and if he's not, okay, he's hindered in his natural movements. Just like you and I are hindered in our natural movements. When we're guests in somebody's house, I don't go slopping around in people's houses like I do in mine. You know, sitting around in my pajamas and, you know, my socks looking like dirt, you know, not my teeth not brushed, my hair not combed. I do that at home. I don't do it. If I come to your house, I'm going to clean up. In fact, we had some guests come in one time, and I had my pajamas on, and they were saying, you got to get the pajamas off. You know, why? You know, I know, you know these people are pretty good. There's nothing wrong with having pajamas on. But I was at home. Now, if I were going to their house, I wouldn't have to be told that. I would have taken them off and put regular clothes on. You see what I'm saying? He is hindered in his natural movements, tied up, tied up so that he cannot do what he would. He can't just wear the pajamas. Therefore, we are not conscious or only partially conscious of his presence. And that's what's wrong with a lot of Christians. Is they don't sense the presence of God in their life. And the reason you don't is because he's not at home. And that's the truth. He's just simply not at home. Amen? That's just a flat slam, quickie review of last week. But I want to talk to you about this, about uh, Ephesians, the rest of that, that you would be grounded and rooted and grounded in love. Now, I don't want to talk about being rooted and grounded in love, okay? I want to just, I do want to talk to you about it sometimes, but I want to talk about roots, okay? Roots. Everybody, every plant has a root system, right? Every tree out there, hidden in the ground, sometimes you can see them above the ground. If it's, if it's not good ground and things have been washed away, you can see some roots. But every tree has a root, has roots in it, a root system. You've seen big trees that have been blown down and seen their roots, right? 
sticking up. So every tree has it. Now close your eyes a minute and imagine yourself. Just close your eyes and imagine yourself. And imagine you're standing here. Imagine standing under you are all these roots, a whole root system that's there, that's supporting you. And that's really what Paul's talking about. You can open your eyes again before you go to sleep. <laughs> there are invi- they're like the invisible part of us, hidden. We don't see them. Nobody sees them. I don't see Nathan Moore's roots when I look at Nathan Moore. But Nathan Moore has roots. Everybody in this room has roots. We have some roots. Now, here's the thing, okay? Roots have to, have to do with our identity. They have to do with who we really are, okay? Who God has created us to be, right? A root of a pine tree will not work on an oak tree. If you dig up the pine tree, you're going to find pine tree roots down there. If you dig up the oak tree, you're going to find oak tree roots. That's pretty simple, isn't it? Okay? I believe this, and I believe the Lord's showing me this. Many people, many Christians especially, have cut themselves off from their true spiritual roots. They've cut themselves off for different reasons. You hear that? In other words, we're not being true to who we really are. We're trying to be something else. You know, it might be peer pressure, maybe for money, maybe for, for whatever, but you, you be, try to do something else. You try to connect yourself up to something else that is simply not who you are supposed to be. Okay? Now, I believe much of the church has cut herself off from her true roots. I mean, just a glance through the book of Acts, you find out, man, something, this thing didn't work out. You know? Things started out good, and it sort of went down downhill from there. In other words, we have moved away from God, what God said we're supposed to be. And we're moving further and further away from that, I believe, the church is. Okay? And I also believe this. I believe our nation, as a nation, we've cut ourselves off our, our roots. I believe we're moving away from the nation that God said we were. The nation that God said, this is who you really are. This is what I really want you to be as a nation. And we've moved away from that. We've gotten away away from that. Now, this is what happened to me. This is a pretty significant experience that I had a few weeks ago um, in the meeting on Friday night is, is, is we were doing worship and Becky was singing in tongues. And the tongue that she was singing in, I could tell it was an Indian, a Native American uh, sounding thing. It was like this is a language that the Native Americans would speak. And when she did, it was, at the time I didn't really understand, was not understanding what was happening, but I was getting the interpretation of what she was singing. And what I saw, I saw a, in my heart a vision of a Native American crying. And I felt extr- ex- this cry was for this nation. That's what it felt. It felt this excruciating pain in this person that was crying out for this nation because this nation, our nation was going away from totally what it was supposed to be. And I saw bloodshed. That's what I saw. I saw like a trail of blood. And I saw the feet of what I believe were Native Americans, and they were, they were soaked in blood walking down this trail. And it, man, it was in, that was one of the most intense, you know, things I've had in a church setting ever. I mean, it just ripped through me. And, you know, I think that God, I think it's the heart cry of God for this nation. 
And I think that God is trying to tell us, trying to tell the church, you know, and trying to tell individuals that we all, it's not just, the, you know, as a nation we have, but back down to the very individual, we have removed ourselves from who we're supposed to be. And the Lord began to show me in my own life, He began to reveal to me my spiritual history and the spiritual root system that I was supposed to be connected to. And how for different reasons in my life I have slowly over time disconnected from, from that true thing to become something else, become something different. And it was you know, extremely convicting to me when I began to see how I was not being true to who I really, really, really was made to be. I was being something else. Just like our nation is not being true to what it's really in, in all the injustices in our nation. You know, towards the Native Americans, towards the black people, towards whoever, all the injustice, all the abortion, all those things, that's what that blood was. It was a cry because this nation was never meant to be a nation of injustices. It was not born that way. And, the, you know, the Native people, the, some people call them the host people, you know. Are you all with me on that? Amen. Now turn over to Hebrews. I know. Oh, well, man, that don't sound like no prayer. <laughs> Hebrews 12, I just want to read this thing here. I believe the Lord's saying something to people in this room this morning. This is what I believe. I believe the Lord's saying something to people in this room who have a spiritual history that you have forsook. That God created you to be something and you are not, you have disconnected yourself from it. I believe, and I believe the Lord's saying something to other people. And I believe there's people in this room that don't have that yet, don't have a spiritual heaven, don't have a root system, but God is offering you a root system that's already in place. See, it's almost like your family tree. I can't see my family tree. I don't understand my family tree, really, of where I came from, all the generations. But I know I'm the product of a lot of people. Each one of us are. We're products of lots of people. We're going to one day have this product of wicker photo. Okay, what is that going to be? Yeah. One day, you see, that will be a whole new person created on this earth. And their last name will be Wicker, but they'll have Faldo in them. You know? And, it's, and that's the way we are spiritually. It's all these different things that God has put in place. And I was saying, you know, I was concerned about my root system. This is what the Lord said to me. Don't be worried about your root system. Your root system is safe. What you need to be worried about is you not being connected to that system. That's what you need to be concerned about. You're not connected to root because, you know, I, I, Tony Nash was here talking about a, a, a tree in his yard that looked healthy and all of a sudden got unhealthy, did everything he could, and he found out and the, the roots had gone over into another place and a dog was eating the roots, you know, and it was killing the tree. And... You know, I think, oh, Lord, you know, is my roots being destroyed in my life? And he says, no, your roots are not being destroyed in your life. The problem is, is you've disconnected yourself from those things. And God is offering something to people. He's offering you, listen, I want you to get connected to the right spiritual root system. And God, and this is something, I mean, I can just slam be bold about this because I feel like God said it to me. God has said, I have put a root system in this church. Okay? I brought it here. And connected it up here and set it here. And I offer it to the people in this church. I offer it to you. 
And, and that very root system has been the subject of accusation and attack. Y'all looking awful serious at me. I'm just telling you what I feel like the Lord showed me. But He's saying to people, listen, people who don't have this, this root system in place, He's saying the reason you don't is I brought you to this place to connect you. And some people in this room who already have it, He's saying, I want you to reconnect. Reconnect to something that's real. Is that clear to everybody? It's clear as mud. All right, Hebrews 12, verse 14. Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. Lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person like Esau, who for one morsel of food sold his birthright, sold his birthright, gave up his birthright for something temporal. Do you hear, what that, hear that? Esau, for something temporal, cut himself off from his true spiritual roots. For something temporal, for food. He cut himself off for his whole essence of who God had placed him on this earth to be because he was hungry, he was famished. And that's what I'm talking about this morning. And he lost his inheritance. See, you'll never come into your real... I'm talking about your true inheritance. I'm not talking about some natural thing. I'm talking about something spiritual. Because natural things are going to go away, but spiritual things exist forever. And you'll never come into your true spiritual inheritance until you get truly connected to your spiritual root system. And as long as you have forsook it, you're going to be like Esau. You're going to have, you've lost it. You've lost what God had meant for you. God lost what God had destined for you. Because you took these shortcuts, maybe, or because you, you made a compromise here or a compromise there, or because what you felt like God had shown you to be and who God had called you to be wasn't the popular thing. It wasn't the thing that everybody liked. It was a little different. It was a little odd. It was a little unique. So you, you, you adopted something else that wasn't, something that was more acceptable and, and, and you know, given to the general public. You adopted that and became that. And not knowing you've cut off yourself from a rich spiritual history. Something that's rich. Something you'll never know all the details this side of heaven. You hear what I'm saying to you? And I believe we're in jeopardy of losing what God has for us if we do not stay connected to our root system and redundant. <laughs> all right, let me read Psalm 47. I'll turn it over right quick. Are y'all okay? Psalm 47. Verse... It says, He will choose our inheritance for us, the excellence of Jacob whom he loves. It says the Lord will choose our inheritance. The Lord. You see, it's not something that in Ephesians 1.8, guess what that says? You know, it's Paul's prayer over there that, that we might know the glorious inheritance that He has in the saints. That He, His glorious inheritance that He's placed in us. Are y'all with me on that? His glorious inheritance. That's Ephesians 1.18. Here's what you've got to ask yourself. You've got to ask yourself a question concerning your life. Okay? And this is the question that was asked me that was pretty nasty. <laughs> the answer was terrible. Is this what is really in my heart, Lord? Who I am? What I'm doing? Is this really really it, Lord? Is this really me, Lord? 
Ask yourself that question in the presence of the Lord. Ask Him, is this really me, Lord? Is this really what's down in me that really burns in me? The thing that's really down there, when I get past all the other stuff, get by myself with God and all my friends and whatever everybody else is doing and worrying about this and that, and all the, you know, you know, all the factors are gone, and you get down just you and God and ask yourself that question. Find out what the real answer is. And when the Lord asked, asked me that question, this is what I had to say. Well, no, Lord, it's really not. I'll tell you that the truth, Lord. And this is what he said to me. Well, why don't you find out what's really in your heart and do it? In other words, he was saying, why don't you just find out who you really are and go be that and quit trying to be something you're not? Find out who you really are. Connect with that. Stay connected with that. Let things fall where they will. And it doesn't matter how they're going to fall. But if you're just true to who God has said you are and what God's made you to be, that's what counts in God's eyes. All this other stuff doesn't count because when the day comes and the wind blows real hard, guess what happens to trees that don't have good roots? Big old trees fall. I'm telling you, they do. Okay, and he does that so we can walk in our inheritance. God is the one who chooses it. And we are being offered, I believe, in this season. I believe there's an offer on the table from the Lord. I believe some of you, you gotta get, you got to go back and get re... And it's not that you go back and do what you did. you just got to go back and get reconnected. you got to. Don't be something else. You, it won't succeed. You'll fail. The devil may let you think you're succeeding for a while, but you will fail in the end. You'll come up short in the end. All right. Thank you, Lord. That's all. Really? 